Hey all you Warhammer players and all you non-Warhammer players, all day 40 k here, and today I'm going to be talking about a topic that I'm calling Paint by Phases. Now, recently FLG came out with a requirement uh, for painting, which is more or less the GW standard, uh, which requires like that there's a little shading, that the whole model is painted, um, and that you have the three colors and some basing done. Recently, there was an event where the finalist, one of the finalists had like one of the ugliest armies I've ever seen. It was literally primed black with like two colors on it, and it was awful. Um, so that's something that objectively, I think the hobby wants to avoid. So I always look at Warhammer as three different like slices. Warhammer as a hobby is first and foremost, obviously playing a game. The other two parts the are hobby and lore. Um, I feel as though there a lot of people really specialize in two of those things. Um, I, for example, couldn't really care less about the lore. Uh, I will catch the highlights. I think it's fun. But as far as like the things that I like the most, I like to play the game a lot. Uh, and I really like the painting. Like the painting has become a very substantial part Um of my day-to-day -day. like I love doing it now when I first started I did things really illogically and I think that's a normal thing for people is to just to kind of do things and try and see how things go but if you're just getting into the hobby I have an idea for you so and that idea is of course paint by face and the reason I want to recommend this is that you will, number one, be able to score your paint requirements early on with your whole army. Um, number two, you will develop your painting skills in a more logical order. Uh, number three, you won't have to come back to strip and repaint, which is one of the biggest pains in the butt. Um, I hate stripping. I hate repainting. It is the worst. Um, and then overall, this process that I'm going to outline is going to keep work to a minimum. It is broken down into several phases, okay? And I'm going to talk about the materials that you're going to need at the time, as well as the goals that you're trying to achieve. So let's get to it. Um, into phase one, get that army on the board. Uh, so let's talk about paint requirements. Now, the paint requirements, for the most part, you want to have around at least three colors um, on a model, and it needs to have a base that is not only painted, but has like some stuff on it, like tufts or textures or something. All of this is easy to attain. Um, now, when they say the model needs to have three colors, like you got to have some detail, like a little bit of detail on it. Um, it's primary base coats done. It has to look at least complete. It doesn't have to look good. It just needs to look complete. Let's talk about the stuff you're going to need. Uh, I am going to not bring up airbrushing as a requirement. I'll talk about airbrushing separately. Um, this is going to be focused on somebody who isn't necessarily like that committed to painting quite yet. So what stuff do you need? First and foremost, a set of cheap brushes. You can get a set of synthetic brushes off of Amazon for like $12. Uh, 
Uh, get some of those. You are only really going to need to use maybe two or three of them. Don't be obsessed with having to change your brushes out all the time. Um, you're going to end up ruining them bit by bit over time. So like, don't get expensive ones yet until you've learned to actually take care of the ones you have. Uh, then you're going to go ahead and need a wet palette. Wet palettes are imperative for brushwork because it allows you to thin your paints really effectively and easily. Uh, and then it also allows you to learn the consistency of that thickness, like just by look and touch with a brush. Um, and it just lets you paint for long periods of time. Like if you just try to dry palette all of your paint, it's just gonna, it won't go great. So get yourself a wet palette. The army painter one, honestly, is my best recommendation. Like you can get that real big one that they just made. Cool, that's fun. It has all the stuff you need. Or you can get that little one for like 15, 20 bucks. And that thing works great. I absolutely love my small army painter uh, paint palette, especially if I'm going to go see, like, hang out and paint with a friend, go down to the store and paint, whatever the case. Um, there's lots of different things uh, that can trigger from that. So uh, the next thing that you're going to need is some kind of primer. Now, I'm going to recommend that you find a rattle can primer, uh, preferably the base coat color of the majority of your model. That's honestly works out really well. You're gonna find most like professional painters that you see on YouTube and whatnot. Those guys paint uh, almost solely with black and that's fine too. Uh, I use white in a lot of cases or black depending on what kind of coats I'm gonna be putting on the models. Uh, so find a rattle can primer. If you do the Rust-Oleum thing, be careful. Um, only, a lot of people swear by it. I stick with the hobby stuff. Uh, that's just, that's just a personal opinion because you're going to find the colors that you want with the hobby stuff. It is designed to work with acrylic paint. Uh, it's probably going to be thinner as far as the way it coats. So that would help a lot. Uh, then of course you're going to need your paint. Now this isn't necessarily the time where you have to make your brand decision yet as to what brand you really want to stick with. You might end up using a multitude of brands because you like one way a color works versus a, a different one. Uh, I mostly have Pro Acrylic or Pro Acryl by Monument uh, and Vallejo stuff that I've picked up when I first got into painting. Um, you don't necessarily need that like big 100 piece kit. Honestly, you need like you only need your most essential colors. Like what are the color of the weapons that you're painting? What is the main color of the body? What are the main colors of like the symbols that you're going to put on the base? Like those are the colors that you really need. So like you need three colors for the model and you need colors that are going to go on the basing as well. And that's, that's where you should exist as best you can with this first set of paint. Try different stuff. Um, the new Army Painter Fanatic seems pretty good. Pro Acryl is amazing. Uh, Vallejo is amazing. Um, those are the most of the paints that I have experience with, so check them out. Um, and then <clears throat> the next thing you're going to need outside of the base coat colors uh, is PVA glue. PVA glue is more or less Elmer's glue uh, that you can smear on top of a base um, and help get things to stick to it and then it also you'll create a layer on top uh that you can paint on without like pulling stuff off so pva glue is super important um the next thing you're also going to need is a varnish of some kind so you need like honestly get the hobby stuff if you can a satin varnish a gloss varnish it just depends on the coat that you're trying to put 
uh, the protective coat you're trying to put around the model itself um, to keep from paint chipping off as time goes on because that does happen. Um, there's lots of different brands. AK Interactive does a really good varnish. Um, so check those out. Then we also have something to stick on bases. Uh, tufts from like the store, little like grass tufts that you can put on a base. Those are helpful. Uh, texture paint is super helpful for basing. That's, that's really what this is for. Um, and then, or little chunks of cork that you can glue down. Rocks from your backyard. Uh, literally anything that you can get the model to stand on and be around, that's fine. Just find a consistent way to develop your basing. Now, if you can cheat with this too. You can get like uh, Imperialis bases uh, or go on Etsy and find somebody who prints textured bases or if you know somebody, do that. Uh, and all you have to do is paint those because you're already going above and beyond by having a fancier base that way. Uh, and then uh, super glue. Super glue is really important. Uh, one of the things that I don't do personally is I don't glue the models to their bases until they're done being painted both model and base. And so that's when something like super glue comes in handy. If you aren't sure about weapon loadouts and stuff, when it comes to gluing your models together, having some super glue is nice because you can freeze your models and then easily break that super glue uh, connection off. Um, if you are considering changing your stuff out, but Beyond that, superglue is just great at all times just to have as a hobbyist with Warhammer, so be mindful of that in general. Uh, and that concludes all of the things that I think that you're going to need to get started. Now let's talk about the goals of Phase 1. We've talked about all the stuff we need. We talked about the basics of what we're trying to accomplish, which is a objectively learning from the ground-up paint style. So with everything that we've collected so far, what we really truly need is... Uh, to achieve your paint requirements to put armies on the table and score your points. What you're going to focus on learning are two extremely specific like painting best practices. Number one is brush control. Brush control during phase one is incredibly important. So let's talk about what we're doing to achieve that. You are utilizing the base coats, base coat paint that you've purchased to color all of the very specific areas in the model where those base coats will come into play. What you will not see during this phase is depth. You're not going to get lights and darks because we're not worried about that yet. What we are worried about is getting our army painted to a degree that if we put it on a table, no one's going to say, well, you can't have your 10 points. Like a TO can't say no. Um, and if you spend a lot of time painting up your 2000 points, just focusing on the base coats, learning how to utilize effective brush control, not dabbing, you know, not covering the model in crap, um, you will, it will pay dividends for the rest of the phases as we continue to develop here. So, um, again, you're painting the armor, the weapon, maybe a couple of symbols, maybe some trim. I don't, that's really what we're looking at. It's just like your basic layout of colors on the model. Um, get all that done. And as, as you work your way through all of the models, that brush control will improve over time to the point where it just gets really easy and systematic. 
because um, your your hand and your brain like coordination really start to learn um, on how to do things a very specific kind of way. Um, so yeah, brush control is great. Like it's the most important part of painting is making sure that you're not an idiot with your brush. Uh, the next thing that you're going to learn with brush control is actually like how to thin your paints. So like when I first started, I just globbed paint on, like I would prime it and be like, all right, I'm just going to smother it around. Worst idea possible. Uh, what you want to do, uh, is thin your paint on your wet palette with like a little bit of water, just a little bit at a time, like figure out how many drops to how many drops ratio of water to paint you need so that when you put a coat of paint down, it goes down nice and even without clumping up on you or without like separating on you. Cause if you overwater it, then it sucks. Um, it just like literally slides right off the primer and you're like, okay, well that's a problem. So learning how to thin effectively each color that you work with, cause every color is a little different. Um, you are going to effectively learn how to do the quote unquote two thin coats methodology, which is one of the most important painting methodologies that exists uh, because you put a thin one down and then you'll, once that dries after a few minutes, you come back and put the next one down. Uh, and that will give you like the truest version of that color on the model itself. And that's objectively one of the most important pieces um, of of painting in general is getting that true color that you're looking for. Um, the other thing that this does really well, like the big benefit and goal is that you're establishing an army standard. The whole army will be base coated the same way if you're taking it by this phase. That way you don't get a bunch of varying stuff later on because it is easy to screw up your formulas and whatnot if you're not extremely diligent. So if you're like me and need to have a slightly uh, more directed approach sometimes, then take the time to just base your whole army in the same colors across the board. And it won't be super pretty, but we're not going for super pretty. We are establishing our standards so that we can at least meet our bare paint requirements. Now let's talk about basing a little bit. When it comes to basing, you have your base that comes with the model. You don't glue the model to it yet. You put some rocks or whatever you put down, some texture, doesn't matter, onto the base. You cover it in a layer of PVA glue. You prime it just like you would a model and you paint it just like you would a model. It's, it, it's the same thing. And once, and once you're done base coating all of the base, like your base, you glue your base coated mini to it and boom, you have met your paint requirements by having a painted and decorated base and having a painted uh, with multiple color unit on the table. Um, and there you go. And that is really the most essential portion of phase one right there. Now let's talk about the two other methodologies that you could take here. That'll really help you out. Um, first and foremost, if you have an airbrush, like you were considering getting into it and maybe you put it aside for a while, the airbrush is one of the most important tools for base coating models. Uh, I believe that exists. I only base coat with my airbrush at this point, um, because you can get angles and create a really like pretty base coat that feels better to work with. Um, so if you have your airbrush, you can prime with it and then you come in and you do something called a, uh, a Zenithal base, base scheme where you put a, like a white and then below you paint with a darker color. Um, 
So like you hit it with an angle, literally shine a light on it, hit it with an angle. Uh, and then from that direction, you do the lighter color, the light direction, and then the dark correction direction you do with the darker color. And then after that, all you have to do is spray it with a contrast paint. Cause then you put that through the airbrush as well. And the airbrush creates like a, a gradient pattern on those army, on those models, uh, effectively giving you like a really beautifully lit base coat. So that's something that you can do. Um, it's a really effective shortcut, but what you lose by doing this is that you learn the actual brush stroke, like, like brush control objectives that we're trying to achieve. So if you have the airbrush, good for you, you're going to save yourself a lot of time, but if you don't, do the brush thing for a while first to really get that down so that you can make the future phases easier. Now, the other methodology that comes with base coating is very similar to the airbrush, except much less easy. Um, and you could do it also with an airbrush, which is the slap chop method. And the slap chop method involves you prime it with your rattle can and then you dry brush layers up from black. So you only prime in black. And then you work your way up from black into a mid gray and then you hit highlights with a white all dry brushing um, and then you hit it with contrast paint and you just go to the specific areas that need paint the specific colors so that you meet all your paint goals and boom you mostly have a painted model at that point um, both method i mean all three of these methods are great uh, but if you really want to learn something take your time with brush strokes um, and then get get really good with you know the airbrush and stuff maybe on the next army or later on um, but this is going to help you be a better painter from the start um, and so that is phase one uh, of the painting process so now that we finished with phase one we can move on to phase two and phase two is all about learning how to paint details better so what do we need um to consider uh we're talking about trim like space marine shoulder trim uh we're talking about belt buckles aquilas like the things that you didn't bother base coating yet um or the things that you base coated poorly <laughs> which is always possible um where you are going through and hitting all those little tiny things on a model these are very easy things to ignore early on um, because of the fact that you're overwhelmed with painting in general and you're like, I just want to make it look good. And that's why we talked about base coats in phase one, which is just get your basic colors down. Now we're talking about getting basic colors down on all of the rest of the model. And you will be surprised the improvement that you see from just getting these basic details down. This often requires you getting like some metallics to help out here. Um, there is obviously things like non-metallic metal, metal out there, but if you are struggling to paint like anything at this point, then I wouldn't even worry about non-metallic metal. Um, get yourself some, uh, just some like poppier colors for these bits. Like if you're doing a Raven Guard army, there's going to be like little feathers and stuff on their belts that you can put on them. Get like figure out a couple of colors that are going to be cool for those feathers. Uh, obviously black likely. Um, but you can do shades of gray as well. It just depends. So th that would be that that's the goal of of this phase is just learning how to paint those smaller details when you're not on top of like a really nice base coat. You're just basic base coats for everything and then learning and enhancing your brush control. But what do we need? 
supply-wise. That's pretty simple. Um, we, You grab your few colors, obviously, for those details. And the colors that you need, remember, you need to look at every model that you have in your 2,000-point list or however many points you have and think about consistency as well as unique colors for each of those different pieces on the models. So just be wary of that. Um, and then potentially more brushes at this point, you might have screwed up a bunch of your cheap synthetic brushes, uh, doing all of your base coating, which is fine. If that's the case, don't worry about that. Um, now let's talk about where you're at. So you finish base coating your army. So you have a whole army that there are three colors on the model, which is like the color of the, the color of the actual model itself, a, like a gun color, or a weapon color of, a, of any kind. Um, and then like maybe a second color on the body uh, of some, uh, or a third color on the body or whatever. Like you have a few colors at least on every model. And then what you're gonna do is you're gonna take some more unique colors at this stage and very carefully paint them in with a fine t finer tip brush. Remember a cheap fine tip brush is totally fine. Um, and you just kind of work your way through your 2,000 points. Uh, this is actually a fairly quick step because you're not painting whole models at a time. You can literally have on your left or your right, depending on your handedness, uh, you have the ability to pick up a model and then you have one color in your palette and then you just kind of like, oh, I need to hit the belt buckles on everyone. Belt buckle. And literally work through 2,000 points of Marines and their belt buckles until they get to the opposite side. Uh, and then you think, okay, are there any other bits on every model that is the same color? Then you do the same thing. This is called batch painting. Uh, and you just turn on a stream in the background, watch, uh, or listen to a podcast, whatever. Like that kind of stuff really helps you when you're getting through painting like this. And it teaches you as you're doing it, the repetition of painting that one piece that you're doing on all of your different models, how to get to it more effectively so phase two is small but it is an extremely important step that is built off of base coating and after this you should have developed a lot more brush control because you've worked on being careful and if you've made mistakes it's totally fine because you could just go over the top of those mistakes with your base coat again so um you're good and this is this is the next logical step. So that's actually the end of phase two. This is a really fast one to understand. Um, so to recap so far, we have phase one, which is base coat your models, and then phase two, which is base coat your details, more or less. Um, and that ends phase two. And now it's time to talk about phase three, in my opinion, the most important step. Um, and that's lighting in general. So... We're not, and, and don't get this confused with edge highlights. Those will come later. For now, we're just talking about general lighting. And I guess the more technical term for this is Zenithal Prime um, or a Zenithal layer, not necessarily prime, where you have a lighter color on top and a darker color down below. Now, if you've been painting flat base colors like I recommended, great. It's no problem. What you can do at this stage um, is you are um, just like point a lamp at a model at a certain angle. You know, if, if you have one of those lamps that can do that, or just a flashlight or your phone, 
Um, and then you think to yourself, okay, light hits it this way. So light colors need to be where the light is the most intense. And then dark colors need to be where the dark is most intense. So the most simple way I can say it is you do a, uh, if you're, if the model is sitting in front of you and then there is like a clock around it, you're going to do like a, uh, I guess like a 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock angle of light followed by a, uh, like a four, uh, 4 PM uh, of, of darkness down below. Um, and you could accomplish this in a multitude of ways. We'll talk about that, but objectively lighting helps armies stand out before I really started doing any kind of edge highlighting. I won my first paint, just having good lighting on my models at a local RTT. So, um, what are the tools that you're really going to need for this? Dry brushes are going to be extremely important. Uh, because dry brushes allow you to create a more seamless effect of light without having to learn how to glaze really nicely. Um, and then inks and washes are going to help for the undercoat really nicely, or not the undercoat, but the shadow layer. Um, and then complementary paint, of course. So the complementary paint is primarily for the light, the lighter layers um, and some of the dark layers. It, it, it depends on what effects you're really looking for. Um, so those are the three major supplies you need. Now, as far as like the quality of dry brushes that you need, most dry brushes are all kind of the same. Um, obviously there are some really, really high end ones out there. And I will say they are better than everything else. That being said, you don't need them. You can go get the army painter ones. You can get any number of dry brushes, uh, and they are fairly inexpensive. I think you get like three or four of them for like 40 bucks. And those will literally last you forever. As long as you have some like brush soap, you're good. Um, they're awesome. Okay. So let's talk about how we first brush on the light layer. Now I, I do recommend we start with the light layer in general, um, because putting on shadows tends to be more forgiving. Now, if you are like me and own an airbrush, it is so much easier to do this part and you could do it much sooner in the paint. But that being said, we are learning to do things from the ground up. So we're working on the dry brushing skill. Um, biggest thing to keep in mind when it comes to dry brushing is that it's going to take time to dry brush stuff because if you try to hurry, you're just painting normally. <laughs> uh, and if you are hurrying, you're going to create some not necessarily great paint on a model. Um, if you're looking for really good guidance on dry brushing, you need to go to YouTube and look at artist Opus. That man has number one, he used to be like a GW painter, I believe. So one of the guys who actually worked for the company. Um, and then he went off and did his own thing and man, is he great? His dry brushing skills are insane. He also creates, uh, the best brushes on the market. Uh, at least in my opinion, there's some really good ones out there otherwise. Um, but his brushes are incredible. You do not need to buy his brushes. However, I highly recommend them. Um, wait until you're better at painting and taking care of your brushes before you buy a set. However, that will be the caveat I'm going to put there. Um, so dry brushing, you're dry brushing the lighter layer of paint from that nine o'clock position or that like 10, 11 o'clock position that you're angling the light down on the model. So if you're like doing a red, you're putting a slightly lighter red, uh, dry brushing onto the layers that actually will, the pieces that will see the most light. Okay. Um, you're going to mar up a few details that you've painted. That's totally fine. You can always go back and touch the details up. 
It is more important, though, that you get the large chunks of armor lit correctly, so it's fine. But again, be patient, be very intentional with your strokes, and don't, like, saturate your brush in paint. It needs to be a little wet, but not so much that you are actually painting. You are dry brushing. It's a very dusty act, so just be mindful of it. Um, and that will help you develop one of your most important skills, which is dry brushing, because it creates effects that like airbrushes can't in some cases. Um, and then, uh, yeah, it, it's just, it. this will take a long time to do right. So take your time with your first view to really figure out where you want to put those layers. Um, and that's try and that's and that's the basics of putting on that top coat of light. Now, if we're if we're moving into the next portion of phase three, which is creating the shadows, this is easier. And you create shadows with your inks and washes. You could do it, obviously, with a dry brush, but like you run for a hell of a time if you try. Um, the best way to apply shadows like inks washes and whatnot is with an airbrush 100 percent. It, it does it just works the best but if you don't have one again we're working on doing it without an airbrush um, if you don't have one then you need a small synthetic brush most of the time for the areas that are in the mid so between the light and shadow regions because you want to put some like you just want to dab like a little bit of that ink um, Keep in mind, ink needs to be watered down, like, a lot. Otherwise, it will, like, absolutely dominate the work you've done so far. So be careful. But you need to be very intentional of where you place those inks because, like, it will spread for you. Just be patient with it. It works really well. Um, washes are a little more forgiving. They're a little more watered down. It's like acrylic paint that's been watered down to the point where it effectively washes they put some flow improver in there you can make your own but like just for the most part if you find a, a brand you really like just stick with it vallejo's wash is fucking awesome highly recommend it um and then also recommend um the inks from vallejo they are so good um i like pro acryls washes but they don't i i honestly don't think they they hold a torch to vallejo's um and I own all of it, so <laughs> it's unfortunate that I'm not super into them. Um, but like on the pure underside, you can be a little more heavy-handed. So where you know the darkest sections are going to be, yeah, slap those washes in, those inks in, uh, and it's going to turn out pretty. It's going to turn out just fine. Um, but for the rest of the pieces, so if you want to like get the little vent, little venti areas on like a singular piece of armor, like have that tiny brush, dab it just a little bit in each of those holes and be extremely careful. Um, maybe having some like makeup brushes, like makeup sponges is a good idea here to help clean up immediately <laughs> with stuff you've like spilled over. Um, this also helps with, uh, getting those like like if there's a belt buckle on a model, just a little dab of like black wash on a belt buckle goes such a long way because it helps like highlight all of those features within to a much more effective range. Don't go too crazy with the wash. It is so easy to like be like, oh, I should just bathe this whole model in it. Don't do that. <laughs> be specific in where you put it. Does it should a shadow be there? Great. Um, if we're talking about like space marine trim, like a little dot in the, 
uh, corner opposite the light of uh, the sh- of the shoulder pad um, is a great place to like dot a little ink and like watch it spread in the crevice. And you, it just, it does incredible things. Um, so take your time with that, especially when you're working on the lighter side of things. Don't worry if you've varnished your models in step one, it's actually easy to clean that stuff off. Um, once you're happy, after wiping it down, you just, or, you know, you can trial and error on one model for a while um, until you're like, okay, I am comfortable enough to do it right now. Um, and then once you're finished doing this, it's not necessarily like the easiest way. Like this is a, a hard, like this one will take you time. The first two, not necessarily the, the biggest amount of time for a 2000 point army phase three. However, like this is where like brush control and talent are really coming into play now. Uh, how much have you actually worked on being slow and more intentional? It will all show during this phase. And this is where you should spend the majority of your time learning the more like intensive parts of painting, which is always lighting. And now we move into edge highlights, phase four. Uh, this is honestly the, the phase that I kind of live in right now. This and the, this and the, and the final phase is kind of where, I'm, where I live at this stage in my painting life. Um, edge highlights create all of the excitement in a model like lighting does so much but it's edge highlights that just push them over the top um and create like a really standout army so let's talk about the supplies you're going to need now at this point if you've really been working on your paint theory if you've really developed your steps phase one two and three so far then it's time to consider getting a set of sable brushes sable brushes hold paint better than synthetic brushes. Sable brushes maintain their shape better than synthetic brushes. Um, They're awesome. They just hold moisture in general better. Um, They are going to be expensive. And a set of Artist Opus brushes that are like uh, dry brushes as well as all their basic uh, sables, it's like a $250 kit. So like, don't get those if you're not sure. You can go get some like Da Vinci's from Amazon for like 50 bucks. That's a pretty good deal. Uh, you're only going to use two or three of them out of the set of like six that they send. So you could maybe go to like Windsor Newton, get some of those for like 10 or 12 bucks a brush. Uh, well, they're probably more expensive than that. Probably 20 to 30 in a lot of cases. Um, but keep in mind, if you learn how to take care of your brushes, sable brushes will last you years of painting. So it's a worthwhile investment to have a good one or two or three of them, like a super small one for like eye dots um, a general detail brush, uh, for most, uh, edge highlights. And then as you get into it, most painting you do with a sable brush, just because they, it's the control is enhanced as you develop your skills. Um, and then you're going to need more lighter paint variations. And here's the thing. You don't necessarily need uh, to invest in more paint that is just lighter versions of your paint. If you're going with army painter fanatic, then you're good. Because, like, they have all six shades of a single color uh, that you can work your way from dark to light, um, which is awesome. So if you want to, like, grab those and start on this, do that. Um, or if you already have paint and you're like, I have white paint, cool. Or a lighter paint to mix into it, cool. Just mix in little bits of white paint into the, uh, 
probably the the lighter coat that you put on and you could have done this with a lighter coat as well um and then you use that the that like pop out color to create the edges it doesn't necessarily have to be the same color um, like a lot of people go from blue to white just because it contrasts so well um, and then a lot of paint painters who do like black paint go from black to blue you'll see that in most of the um, gw art so find a color that you think looks really good when it touches the edge like just the very edge of any one model um, all of the work that you have done to this point in developing your brush control and very intentional placement of paint pays off here when you are working on edge highlighting your first uh the first reaction for everybody is to think oh i need to uh paint the entire model with edge highlights and for the most part a lot of them are going to have them but not always if you look at gw paint yes they do that because they look at it as if you're looking at it from any angle it looks the same but if you're working on creating light sources and you don't want it all to look the same then you need to be specific in where you're going to uh, put these highlight these edge highlights now as far as the way you place them what you want to do is you want to be near the tip of the brush but you're utilizing the side of the brush okay because you can drag that a little bit more effectively along every corner edge um, or every even just normal edge of the model also keep in mind that you need to be very intentional with the amount of liquid that is in your brush because if you have too much in there it'll just kind of flop onto the model and look a little weird um, so a good place to start every time you freshen up your brush like start in a corner region where you have multiple angles touching each other um, multiple edges touching each other if if possible and you will see that it like if you have a slight bleed there it's a little bit better to have it there than it is to have it on the fine lines all throughout the model um let's see what else here uh yeah as long as you're not depending on the very tip of the brush you're going to be okay when it comes to putting down edge highlights if you use the tip of the brush it's going to be crooked and weird and don't do that um, it just looks awful uh, learned it the hard way multiple times you want to be extremely targeted extremely slow very controlled until you like and the more you do that early on like the faster you get at it like i can edge highlight a, one of my tanks in like i don't know about 11 minutes i think it's kind of crazy um because i just have a system where my paint hand never moves i move the model around and it turns out pretty good um so find your process for edge highlighting your models now do you also put uh, i guess another thing would be like do you also put the same edge highlight color on all the edges even the shadow layers you could or you just vary your uh paint a little bit so that the darker edge highlight is like in line with the darker colors below that you created with the shadows if you even do that i do recommend some like a little one here and there just to help make it stand out um and also don't uh don't overlook the quality that like a small like dab on uh, a piece like helps it make it jump out so you can like have a line and like a dot dot line like those little bits on edges can actually be a really cool effect that you don't realize how like effective that is you're like thinking i need to make this one perfect straight line no you can stop do like a dot 
dot dash and then keep going and it creates its own effect so be mindful of that and that's phase four phase four takes forever <laughs> you gotta learn it you gotta learn how much paint how much water because uh, the paints need to be fairly thin uh, paint water uh, as well as brush control like it's all of the skills that we have developed to date and you work your way through your entire army and eventually it gets pretty quick you're because you're like i know this one needs to go on this one because if you have like 18 of a single unit or uh, single model in a unit you're like oh okay i know exactly where to put all of these highlights and it just gets better as you go because you get more effective at doing it um and at this point you should have 2,000 points of models that have been coded based the details were painted, lights and shadows applied, and now edge highlights have been applied. And officially, you are now a like a comp like if you can do all of those things, you are a competent painter. Um, I'm not saying you're going to be amazing, but you have developed your skill set in an intentional way so that you are no longer like lost in the dark. And that is the end of phase four. Okay, it's time to get into phase five, which is touch-ups, and this is all about fixing everything that you've done so the one of the biggest reasons that we didn't want to or that we did this in general was to specifically talk about not having to go back and repaint everything and touch-ups is not repainting it's actually just fixing small mistakes having to go back from square one means you have to strip them and then go through the process of priming painting etc 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 and that's what we want to avoid by taking our time and moving up slowly, we've remained consistent. And now, all we have to do is go through and like clean up the little detail work that we might have screwed up. Clean up the little bits of um, lighting that we want to improve on. Just like little tiny work. Like little tiny amounts of work to fix things. Um, and then revel in the fact that you've completed painting an army. And from here, you've done it. You've officially finished painting a 2,000-point army. Now, obviously, you're going to be adding models. This is when you want to start learning new techniques. So maybe at this point, if you enjoy the painting process or want to speed it up, go get yourself an airbrush and work on doing the light layer in like the zenithal phase of the paint, which is like the base coating phase. Save yourself tons of time that way. That's what I did. Um... And then you can start working on other techniques to help clean up some of those details in like the lighting areas by working on glazing and then improving in general by working on things like OSL, object source lighting. And just Google that. It's amazing. Um, getting into different technical paints, like the stuff that like is gooey and bloody. Um, working on face detail. Like that's extremely hard work to do. And it is its own like corner of painting. Um, and then of course patterns. Swirl patterns, uh, argyle, plaid, whatever you want to call it. Um, there are tons of ways to increase your paint skills. And what's amazing about the five that I mentioned is that all of these things make it so that you can take the army that you built and worked up to this point, and they are all things that you could do to simply add on to them and not just start from square one. Because once you have a methodology for painting an army, you wanna maintain that methodology for that army. 
Um, so that's why like a first army to really get into should only, like, I would only recommend it ever being like 2000 points. If you're really going to take this process, like one army that you play with cool. Um, and if you really love that army, awesome. Keep building upon it, but just know that, you know, you may get the itch at one point to like strip and repaint from the ground up once you feel very competent in your painting skills. Um, but also the more skills that you learn, you can put yourself in a position where, um, like I am now where I don't necessarily have to strip the stuff. I've learned enough techniques to just fix the old stuff and make and bring it in line with my current stuff, at least close enough to the point where I'm not going to spend hours with a toothbrush cleaning up models. Um, so there we go. That, that is five phases of painting for you from me all day, 40 K. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I do appreciate the fact that you managed to sit through all of this. If you listened to this and fell asleep, even better. May you have the sweetest of dreams. Um, but really, I hope that this puts you in a position to put armies on the table in a tournament standard that you painted, that you are proud of, and get the points that you deserve for it. It doesn't have to be great. Like, don't look at the social medias and think, oh, well, I can't paint like this amazing painter. Well, that amazing painter put 180 hours into that one model. So like, don't worry about it. If you're putting in like an hour into every model, great. Like that's totally fine. Um, Your skill, the more you repeat what you're doing will increase and things will just start looking better over time. Painting is a skill. It is not a talent per se. It is a skill. You find ways to make it work for you. Even if you have a tremor or anything like that, you can find ways to make it work. I've known a few who who have. So, um, guys, get out there. Play some Warhammer. Thank you so much for everything. I appreciate your being here. Have a great day. And get out and play some Warhammer.